the Nerd Ascended Podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Chelsea. And this is what we're nerding out about this week. Hi, nerds. Welcome back to the Nerd Ascended Podcast. Yeah, we have intro music that's not our own. It goes with our... It's probably copyrighted, but, you know. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Don't pull us down off iTunes, please. <laughs> but if it's our theme for today, which is nerdy conspiracy theories, mysteries, and controversies. Woo! It's been a little while again, as always, but... I don't remember when our first episode came out last year. I don't remember if it was September or August, but we are right around... I think it was August. Oh, then we are right around our one-year anniversary. Woo! We made it a whole year, and they said we wouldn't. Who's they? No one. Everyone's been very supportive. (laughs) (laughs) It was Natalie's cat, Detective Mittens. Yes, he's not. Judge Judy. Yeah, he's not as supportive as one would hope. No, actually, he is our, our top listener. Downloads every episode from Spotify. <laughs> but we did make it one full year. We did. I think we're going pretty strong. Mm-hmm. I know we don't do a hard every two weeks, but we'll as we there. said before, life is hard. It's been kind of a crazy year and summer for both of us. So. Yes, that's okay. but that's adult life. But yes, <laughs> we are hoping, like we said last episode, to get more interactive with our social media and hopefully get these on a more regular schedule. But now that we've kind of got the first year of experimenting down, it's all just up from here. Yeah, we have not even gotten close to peaking, so that's comforting. <laughs> we're, we're only in minute two of our 15 minutes of podcast fame. Oh, minute two. <laughs> I haven't done anything in my two minutes of fame. <laughs> Except sit in a closet. Except I'm still sitting in the closet in Omaha. And it's a little hot in here today because it's August. Yes. I'm still yes. not in a closet. And Nellie's still in, in a nice little office. And it's only 60 degrees and cloudy because Portland. Wow. So What a magical place. <laughs> Very magical. And full of aptly for this episode conspiracy theories mysteries and plenty of controversies yes i have a controversy that's not on our list actually that has to do with portland no oh (laughs) it has to do with Fortnite. season 10 came out a couple weeks ago and it's not good my friends (laughs) like we still play it because we play with um our set of friends in Florida and we we do still like it so we haven't you know we haven't given up on it but they added these things called brutes or the mechs which are big robots that are kind of pacific rimish mm-hmm. that you can either drive or you can be in the shooter seat and they're awful they are awful as in if someone's coming at you in one it doesn't matter how good you are what level of guns you have you're gonna die Wow, that's annoying. I and haven't even logged it's in so bad. to Fortnite, <laughs> so uh, that's good to know. <laughs> the internet has been collectively angry about it. A lot of the Fortnite players that do it for a living 
have started playing other things or making second channels or taking breaks from it because it's just just bad. like they're saying it's it's too frustrating it has nothing to do with skill or luck anymore and it's not fun so they started playing other things especially minecraft thanks to pewdiepie i will give him credit for that for the which resurgence. is crazy to me that you know he's he's the biggest youtuber and he hasn't really been a Let's Play YouTuber for a long time. He's done a lot of other stuff, which is fine. You can change your interests and what you want to do with your channel. But he started playing Minecraft last month as a joke. And then he really liked it. So he kept <laughs> going. And now a lot of Let's Players are playing Minecraft that weren't before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they'll follow him, so. Yeah. But. Yeah. And it. Ryan and I are going to play it again. We haven't played Minecraft in a while, but they put so much updates in it. There's a panda. There's pandas now. I want a panda. And they have different personalities, and you find them in the bamboo. I don't think you can get one as a pet, but you can get a lot of other things as a pet. Anyway, that was a side note. Fortnite is not good right now with the robots. We won one game where we had a robot. And we won. My friend was driving it. I was in the shooter seat. I'm not a good shooter. And I just spun in a circle. Like, I just spun the top in a circle and shot rockets. I didn't even see the people I got. I have no idea where they were. And we won. That and it wasn't. Lame. it wasn't very satisfying because yeah. if you win off of luck, like you and I have done, and my squad has done many times, there's an excitement in, like, you still won. Yeah. And you win off of skill. You know, it's satisfying because you worked for it. And then the robot is neither. And Fortnite released a statement a few days ago about their philosophy. And it's like... I don't know how to say this without saying it's just like a big fuck you to everybody. Oh, It says our philosophy is everyone has fun and has a chance. And this gives... uh, newer players a chance to actually get eliminations which you know as someone who is not very good at fortnite um i mean i appreciate the existence of like certain weapons and stuff that are easier to use and don't rely on um you know amazing hand-eye coordination or stuff like that but even i don't like the things that don't have any skill at all because as a player who's not as good at that stuff, I still have the option to, you know, bush camp and, you know, do other things like that, that are, it's a different style of playing. Sure. And before those two were able to coexist, but I mean, I don't want it. It's kind of like when they would do fifties and you would end up on the team that was so much better than the other one. It was boring. Yeah. Like it's just boring, you know? So that's unfortunate. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that their response was, screw all of you. Yeah, that was a choice. It. Yeah, and then they just like made it better in the next update and gave it an aiming laser. Well, <laughs> I, I have not even logged into Fortnite in weeks, but I've been traveling all over the place. Most recently, I was at DEF CON in Las Vegas, which also has plenty of conspiracy theories and mysteries and controversies to go around um i didn't go to a lot of the conference this year because uh kevin and 
my dad and I were sharing badges. We didn't buy one for me, so I was kind of going in and out. But um, I got officially some books on cryptography and stuff like that, and I think I'm going to actually try to learn some of that, so that's exciting. Uh, Cool. There were some interesting talks that I didn't get to go to because they are – I mean, there was like 28,000 people there for DEF CON this year, so it was a little crazy. But um, there was one I really wanted to go to about faking – digital photographs and I didn't get to so oh that would be interesting yes but I also went on vacation you did and you went to To Colorado to nowhere (laughs) to Sasquatch land to make it tie in with our theme I guess Sasquatch land's actually Oregon but I was just thinking you were camping in the woods and maybe there was a Sasquatch but (laughs) there might have been there was a bear kind of a Sasquatch coincidentally we went camping and overlanding and off-roading for a week so we were staying outside and the one time we stayed in an actual proper campground the camp host came by and was like hey we have a bear (laughs) (laughs) this was how chelsea felt about the bear (laughs) that's what i heard in my head when she told us there was a bear (laughs) and he knows how to open car doors uh, and everything had to go in the bear boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really freaked out because we sleep in the car when we go off-roading camping sometimes. And I was like freaking out to Ryan. And I was like, we're going to be in the car and he's going to be trying to get in it. And the bear had broken off the handle of the camp host truck. And when we like took a walk later, I looked and there was a handle missing on their back door. <laughs> This is like a, a goofy movie when they get stuck in the car and Sasquatch is like trying to get in there. Yes, it was exactly like that. And we put all our food in the bear boxes and I dehydrated so I didn't have to get up in the morning, like get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And we didn't see the bear, although Ryan's uncle swears on the second morning when he got up at like five, he heard something that was not a dog and no one else was awake so he ran back into their car well this sounds like the bear that sounds like a creepy pasta on reddit i heard something that was not a dog (laughs) yeah and he didn't tell us about it until many days later when we were back in denver in a house (laughs) (laughs) probably for the best yeah but anyway this is a great transition to talking about nerdy conspiracy theories mysteries and controversies which we really like because we like theorizing. We like crazy fan theories. But I want to point out when we say conspiracy theories, we mean like fun, harmless things and not yes. uh, stupid things like 9-11 yes. was fake. Like nothing this, is like not, that. this is not the Flat Earther podcast hour no. or something like that. No. <laughs> we do love and appreciate science. Yes. So. I love, we love science. I like scientists. I work with scientists at my, my real job. And it's great. Yes. I am, I am very into like, uh, the history of cults and stuff like that. Although we don't have anything on this list today that references that either. Cause those aren't, those aren't necessarily fun either and not really nerdy, but that's as close to like the real life conspiracy theory stuff that I would get into, but nothing about the moon landing being fake or you know anything like that yeah we like 
things like are uh well not based on this list but other things like are ghosts real or is the Loch Ness monster real it's not but I like yeah. the history of it but maybe I like seeing people's evidence of Bigfoot even though I don't yeah. think Bigfoot's there find every reason to play that (laughs) so to kick things off before we get into some of the maybe unresolved theories mysteries controversies uh, i wanted to talk about some of the ones from game of thrones that have actually been resolved now just as an example of fan theories that you know were really um really beloved honestly for a long time and people got really into and then were in fact proven true. And then there was a couple for Game of Thrones that at least in the television version did not come to pass. Um, One of which I'm super, well, I would say both of these I'm super bummed about, but um, maybe they'll come in the books. We'll see. But um, ever since, honestly, probably the very first book ever came out, I think people started to pick up on Um, that something was weird with Jon Snow. Something was going on with Jon Snow. (laughs) I think people were really attuned to that before, long before there was a television version, long before we had the books that we do have now. And one of the most popular Game of Thrones series for a very long, or theories for a very long time was R plus L equals J. So um, obviously for most of the Game of Thrones series. Jon Snow thinks he's Ned Stark's son and was the product of an affair he had on the road and he doesn't know who his mom is. But, you know, from the beginning, it's obvious that that seemed out of character for Ned because he's a very honest, loyal dude and it didn't seem to fit anyone's perception of him. And then good old Ned lost his head before he could (laughs) tell Jon who his mom really was. But through other clues that were placed throughout the series, a lot of people began to think that John was actually the son of Ned's sister, Lyanna, and his father was Rhaegar Targaryen, making him a true heir to the throne. And lo and behold, uh, once the television series got past where we are in the books, that was in fact the case. Um, Towards the big reveal, it became very obvious that this theory was, in fact, correct. And, um, you know, Game of Thrones' final season was its own its own thing. <laughs> its own that thing. <laughs> forevermore will be controversial. But I I think in the, the season where we did the R plus L equals J reveal, that was one of my favorite episodes of all time. I loved the cinematography. I loved the cut from... Um, Bran's vision showing young Ned taking the baby and her telling him his name was Aegon and it cutting from the baby's eyes to Jon Snow's adult Mm -hmm. face. I thought that was great. It was really fun to see all the clues finally come together. So that's one that was actually, it it was just a lot of fun and very satisfying to actually see that come to fruition and not just be a, you know, a conspiracy theory people were reading too much into. Yeah, and it was fun to know something that big without the characters knowing, like especially John not knowing for a while. Yeah. And then it really didn't matter. And then it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
<laughs> I mean, it, you know, we could talk about that. It, it did, in fact, it did, in fact, matter because it had uh, partially to do with why he killed Danny and, it, you know, whatever. But, yeah, yeah. And he, then the, I mean, he could have killed her without being her nephew. True. It, it didn't, the, the consequence of that theory coming true was not nearly as satisfying as it actually existing. So, Maybe the the books will rectify that. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think he's going to finish them. I know I've said that before, but he has said before that he's not really interested right now. Yes. That, he's and doing all these a, other stuff. A conspiracy theory all its own um, yeah. that actually I haven't written down here. I think, I think the books are done. And I think he is not going to release them till he dies i think there's like a plan for that to get the most money out of them because he knew the show was going to pass the books but mm-hmm. um yeah i i realize that one's a reach but that's kind of my uh the personal conspiracy theory that i buy into so <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> Maybe he has the exact same ending, which, no, he has to have had the same ending at some point because he told the showrunners the ending, quote unquote, in case he dies. And I'm sure they used it. The steps to get to that ending, I don't know in the last season, but the ending itself of Bran becoming the king. King. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, but the core thing... Of Bran becoming the king, Danny being dead, maybe probably including Sansa eradicating the North and making it its own country. I'm betting is what at least some of the stuff that he told them. And now mm-hmm. that it has happened and it had such a negative response, he's like changing it, like trying to rewrite it. Yeah. And really, really the core things with more context and lead up to them, I'm fine with that like i'm i'm yeah fine with um you know danny danny's death and her descent into the mad queen and all of that but the show did not give us nearly enough context and time to really make that reasonable so it it was just kind of a disservice to all the work that had come before but yeah i feel like the only part of it that i am 100 percent satisfied with it is sansa yeah i'm yes satisfied with where she started and how she got there and how she ended i'm i'm also guessing uh, another one of the core pieces was Arya killing the night king oh yeah but um i would <laughs> uh, you know another thing i would like more context from although i did i did kind of like theon's story wrapping up i mean he i i did like the concept of him dying in um an attempt to save bran when a lot of his story launched by faking bran's death so yeah that's very circular that seemed good but um another theory from that series that actually did come to fruition was um the origin of hodor's name which i don't know that anybody i'd ever seen anybody actually guess what that turned out to be but i know there was a lot of theories that there was something going on here yeah hodor wasn't just a regular guy that had problems with speech like there was something deeper there 
Yeah. And I, I don't know that anybody ever, you know, very specifically was like, oh, his name means hold the door and he's going to die holding the door for Bran or something. But yeah, um, that's a little too specific to guess. Yeah. Um, but it was a thing that everybody kind of had this thought in the back of their mind that, ooh, something, something is weird here. You know, there's, there's more to it and it will, um, it will come out eventually. And as devastating and heartbreaking as that was, it was ultimately another satisfying reveal, I think, hugely because it, it tied several loose ends together. It was very emotionally impactful and, Actually, when you think about that reveal, it really it really shows how the last season, how it failed in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. because Hodor's name reveal was done so well and was a huge shock and surprise, but still made sense. And we still had, you know, the context and the lead up to like buy into it. So. Yeah, I think that season and that episode and that reveal were Game of Thrones at its peak. Yes, very much It was much so, so good. So that was another win for that. Um, a couple that never came to pass that were major fan theories were who was Azor High? Uh, Turns out no one. <laughs> no one. Although I- I'm sure if you ask uh, D&D, the showrunners... They might tell you something like, it's open-ended for a reason. You're supposed to decide on your own. Or maybe the entire Stark family was. I don't know. It's, it's, or maybe, maybe it was Arya based on the, the show just because she had, um, Melisandre's whole thing that tied into that. I don't know, but it definitely did not come to pass in any sort of logical, you know, satisfying way. Yeah, and she didn't complete Melisandre's uh, thing. What do you call it? Prophecy. No. Her prophecy of... Well, this is turning into complaining about the last season of Game of Thrones. I know. But they set up all these <laughs> prophecies that like 75% came true. And then they stopped just so they could be like, hey, 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 like you thought. Yeah. But the Arya one from Melisandre was, I see eyes... Reflected in yours, uh, brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes, eyes that you'll close forever. She killed Walder Frey, that was brown eyes. She killed the Night King, that was blue eyes. And then for all, like a week, we all thought she was going to be Azhor high. It was going to be super satisfying because green eyes, Danny had green eyes. Arya got on that white horse. Behold, yeah, what a-, a rider on a white, on a pale horse and his name was Death or whatever. Yeah, what a waste of a great cinematic shot and scene. Yeah, that would have... I'm still... That's one of the things that disappoints me the most because that would have been great. Like, like that, even if we all expected it, it would have been yeah. very satisfying. Yeah, I will I will give the final season of that show. I mean, the cinematography and some of the, the single scenes they had in there, I mean, even give me goosebumps thinking about. Like, oh, yeah. I loved that one with the horse. Obviously, Danny walking out of the the ruined building with her dragon's wings taking off behind her, so it looked like she had wings. I mean, beautiful. Yeah. It can but, win Emmys for um, cinematography and all the behind scenes crew stuff. They can win all the Emmys, and yes. the actors. I would say they can win Emmys too. They writing and they directing, could. no. Yeah, but everybody else, yes. If you watch the. Uh, 
little documentary about making the last season. It's a lot better than the season itself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the actors did so much with really subpar writing that season. And, you know, the I think the Arya one, I think in the books, my guess is that she is Azora High and it'll make a lot more sense. And I know there is kind of this aspect of maybe the point is that they all bought into these roles and prophecies and theories and and you know stuff like that so much and forgot what was really important and so maybe Melisandre's moment with Arya was was not really her giving a message from the Lord of Light but it was her trying to say like give Arya this like encouragement that she needed to be like you can do this you can do it and not actually some sort of prophecy which again would be fine you didn't give us enough context to buy into that's what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's just a another bummer. But um, I have to say, I think the one fan theory that I am so disappointed did not come to fruition. And I'm 100% still honestly believing that if we get the books, this will be part of it, was that Tyrion is a Lannister. Or, um, or a Not a Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm so into it i can't even say it right Tyrion was not a lannister he was a targaryen yeah or i guess he'd be half lannister or something but um i thinking about that one not being true honestly makes me want to like stomp my feet around because i thought that was such a good good theory so i'm super disappointed yeah. the one i'm most disappointed about i think is the night king not being Anyone. A Targaryen or being really anybody. Mm-hmm. Which, Which I know there's a lot of... You can like easily be like, well, it wouldn't make sense for him to be a dead Targaryen. How'd he get out there? It hasn't been long enough. He's been around forever. The children of the forest created the White Walkers to fight men or something. But I'm still just disappointed he wasn't anything. And I don't even know what he wanted. Yeah, I I had a theory for about a week that he was Rhaegar. Yeah. And that similar to the Three-Eyed Raven, different people end up taking on that role and, you know, losing their former selves because Bran isn't Bran anymore, right? Like, he's literally the Three-Eyed Raven. Yeah. And so I kind of thought maybe he was Rhaegar and that, um, you know, this process completely ended that role or Danny was going to become the Night King or you know, something like that. So that was another one that was disappointing. Yeah. Or the Night King being Bran. Like Bran. Yes. Warged into the Night King. Yeah. That was one I liked too. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, Game of Thrones still makes us sad. (laughs) Yes. So now that we've gone through the um, Game of Thrones 20 minutes of venting, (laughs) (laughs) discussing that, Um, We're going to talk about some other fun conspiracy theories and nerd mysteries and controversies. Yeah, some of them are still actively out there. Some of them have been proven false. I don't know if we have any on here that have been proven true, for sure. I think just the Game of Thrones ones so far. Yeah. So we're going to make a total hard switch and go to Rick and Morty. (laughs) The end of season three. Is it the last episode? Or it's either the last episode or the second to last one where Rick and his daughter Beth, 
who is Morty's mom, uh, revisit the world, like the little imaginary world he had made for her when she was a kid. And it was really weird, and her old childhood friend was there. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> but he reveals he reveals to her that Beth is very much like Rick. Like she takes up after her father, but also there's more to her there. And he had created this world for her to keep other people safe from her. And he offers, he said, because, you know, she's very dissatisfied with her life. She's separated from her husband. She doesn't really vibe with her kids. And he offers, well, I can make a clone of you. It'll be exactly like you. It'll pick up right where you left off. It'll be nice it'll appreciate life and the kids and jerry and you can go do whatever the hell you want in the world and whatever and then there's a specific cut wait this might happen before the cut i haven't watched it in a while where beth is looking at the pictures on the fridge of jerry and morty and what's his sister's name uh summer summer and then there's a cut and beth is like very happy Yes, and it's. And it, I think this stretches over two episodes where they have okay. that conversation in the second to last, and then in the, uh, and it might all be the final episode. I could be confused, but it, for sure in the final episode, she ends up, um, having several moments where she's confused on if she is a clone or not, and is becoming self-aware that she's a clone, and she ends up going and getting back together with Jerry. Yes, Jerry moves back in. Yes, and the final second of the episode is after Rick pretends to be um, fishing Rick to get out of the uh, struggle he was in with the government and pretend that he's not the current (laughs) Rick. He comes back and they're all having dinner and he's clearly upset that Jerry has moved back into the house and... um, they're they're having the discussion about the clone and Beth very lightheartedly says something like, well, it's not like Rick would tell us if I was anyway. And the final scene is just looking at Rick's face when he's looking like a look you could interpret as angry, a look you could interpret as knowing, like several yeah. things. And it so just there, kind of ends. Yeah, there's like a couple layers to it of this theory. And I don't think the show will ever tell you and I'm fine with that. But the first one is, did Beth take up Rick's offer and replace herself with a clone? And the real Beth is gone. Or that Beth that we've been following that got this offer, was she also a clone? Like, has he replaced her before? And then as soon as that Beth gets tired of it, he gives her the same speech, sends her out, and makes a new one. And the evidence for that is people say, like, when he talks about doing it, um, he sounds like he's done it before. I should have watched yeah. this again. Or he might actually kind of hint that he's done it before. Yeah, he definitely gave a hint that this was, at at the very least, a plan he had thought through a lot. Yeah. And if not her, had done it to other people. And my out there theory is that she she's not a clone. That is the original Beth to that universe. And he told her that in order to induce this kind of serious existential crisis that would lead her back to Jerry, 
but that the Jerry is a clone that Rick has created and could control. And so he put her back with, you know, to like make her happy. But the Jerry is someone that he can control. That's my (laughs) Rick and Morty theory. But um, I do think it, there's probably a good chance that they never will answer the question. No, I fully expect them to never answer it. I guess my theory is a lot more simpler, which is probably not the answer. (laughs) I think this Beth was not the original Beth. And he has replaced her before. But this Beth did not take his offer this time and she stayed. And she stayed. So actually both of us think this Beth did not take the offer. Yes. And stayed. And this is... um, for both of us, one of our favorite book series is the um, David Wong series, John Dies at the End. And the second one is this book is full of spiders. And the third is What the Hell Did, what I, the just hell read, did I Just Read? Which is a great <laughs> name for a book. Um, but this is, if you've ever seen the movie version of John Dies at the End, which I have to take a deep breath and remind myself not to get started on that. <laughs> but um, at the very beginning of the movie, it does the riddle with the axe that opens the first book, which is essentially comes down to a question of if you are a clone or a recreation or whatever, and you've been given someone else's full memories, emotions tied to them, everything, and not told you are a clone, are you still not just that person? What it's basically a, what makes the existence of a soul? what makes a person a person, you know, kind of thing. So it is very, it is a pretty hefty question that I think Rick and Morty spins its whole axis on. Yeah, I think about that all the time. And I can't believe that like silly over the top book asked such as existential question that I think about it all the time. Yes, <laughs> like which highly recommend that book, by the way, highly, highly recommend. Even with things that shouldn't matter. I have this problem I don't remember what it's called, but it's where you have an inanimate object that has no feelings. It's not alive, and you like equate in a person, like a personality, and personify it. I do that with mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a well. It's a very human, I think, um, desire to do that. That's why we see faces in things. Yeah, just but because... I get really. Yeah, I get really attached to things. I'm not a hoarder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's very hard for me when I have to give up things. And Ryan got me a brand new, very nice mountain bike when I graduated from grad school. And I love my bike. And after a few months, I started to notice like the paint on the frame was kind of wearing off in a spot. And I figured it out it was from bug spray being on my leg. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, at the time, he's like, well... It has a warranty, so we can take it back to the shop, and they'll replace it with a new frame. And in my head, like, getting new tires, getting new handlebars, getting new other equipment on it, fine. But, like, the frame of the bike is the bike. Yeah. (laughs) And I got really upset, and I was like, no, but this is my bike. I can't get rid of my bike. And I didn't. That was over, that was about a year ago. (laughs) See, that's exactly the John dies at the end question. If if you replace the axe head and the axe handle, is it still the same axe? Yeah. I remember it, having that problem way back when I was little and grandma got us all Furbies. She got all her grandkids a Furby and mine didn't work. 
So we took it back to the store to get a new one, and it was hard for me. Yeah, because it wasn't <laughs> so that I was like, Furby. This is my Furby. I'd had it for like three hours, and I was yeah. very attached. <laughs> well, in Rick and Morty, to go back to that, I would say that uh, Rick is clearly not attached to versions of things, or maybe he is, and we don't know. But um, the other theory or question currently over that show is. Is is the current Morty actually evil Morty from an earlier episode? And has our, quote, quote, Morty been dead since they switched universes? Which we know the Rick and Morty that we have are supposedly the same pair we've had throughout the whole series. But they are in a different, at least one different universe from where they started. And they killed yes. the other Rick and Morty. That were there to take over. Yes, and they they buried them in the backyard. Yes, and in an older ep- or in a, I think it's an episode in season three. They briefly go back to the their universe they started in. Yeah, with the, so I remember summer seeing monsters. other summer. Yeah. yeah, and there's um, I think what my favorite episode of Rick and Morty is probably the Ricksty Minutes one, which gets put up a lot as one of the best episodes because it is it's Rick and Morty in its peak to me and yeah. it's the one where they get the international cable box and it's well it's a hilarious episode to begin with because most of the little commercials and TV shows they click through they did the voice actors did as improv and they even left in some of the stuff like where you can hear them laughing in the background like the two brothers episode when he's like, it's yeah. just about two brothers. <laughs> and it has the um, the one that's like the house hunters, but they're like actually literally hunting houses with guns. And that guy's like, there's a craftsman nearby. I can smell it or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's a great episode because Beth and Jerry see alternate versions of themselves on those shows. And through watching that and getting very invested in their alternate versions actually find their own way back to each other as a couple which is a really interesting storyline and then um towards the end morty shows that summer the graves of the her original rick and morty that they had killed and tells her um towards the end of the episode um nothing is done on purpose nobody exists for a reason Come watch TV. Yeah. Which is basically one of my favorite quotes from that show. Yeah, which is basically the tagline <laughs> of Rick and Morty. And it's I mean, I love that because a completely separate discussion. I'm actually a pretty spiritual Christian person myself and have obviously a very different belief about the world than that. But just the I appreciate the the layers that that show has. So Yeah. So, do you think the Mur- the Murdy, the Morty that we're currently watching, do you think that is original Morty? What was our number? C three fifty seven or something like that. Do you think this is still Morty C three fifty seven, or do you think it is the evil Morty, or I a whole think, other Morty altogether? I think this is the original Morty because similar to Beth, I think they do things to like push the viewers buttons and make you question. I think he's the original Morty, but I do think evil Morty is somewhere nearby. I think yes. he's around for sure. 
I think this think? is a question I could actually see the show answering. Because it's Morty and not Beth. Yeah. Because if it's evil Morty, it might be important important to the storylines. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I think this is original Morty, but I think evil Morty is going to show back up explicitly and answer that question. Yeah, I think he's definitely somewhere. So yeah, that show comes back in November. Yes. I don't think they have a hard date, but we have something crazy like 70 episodes and several seasons to look forward to. So, Yes, the creators said there shouldn't be a long break between seasons anymore because they have done a lot more than just the season that's about to premiere. Yes. So it should be the regular year between the seasons now. Woo! Woo! Uh, so that's actually probably the heaviest conspiracy theory or very, like existential heady thing that we have the rest of these are a little bit (laughs) to come from rick and morty (laughs) yeah um we could probably do an entire episode on ones related to just disney but the one that i put on here was the existence of tunnels at disneyland and disney world and what their purpose is so as someone who has worked at both disneyland and disney world i can i can speak to the fact that at magic kingdom there are, in fact, things called utilidors that do exist. They actually are not underground. They were built at ground level, and Magic Kingdom was built on top. So the yes. Magic Kingdom Park is actually above ground level. Because it's a swamp. Yes. So you can't dig you under. Can't, you can't <laughs> dig down. Um, yeah. The utilidors are not honestly... <laughs> exciting i mean they're they're utility tunnels that's kind of where the name comes from i've been in the ones in magic kingdom once there is one in epcot that is just kind of a u-shaped thing but in magic kingdom i know they have more of their backstage stuff down there where there's um i think costuming there got moved somewhere else i don't think costuming is down there now but i believe one of their cast member um cafeteria areas is down there They use them to transport garbage back and forth, some food prep, uh, help cast members get to different parts of the park without breaking character, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's not that exciting. Uh, Disneyland, I think, does have a few small ones. I can't say I've ever been in them, but I think they're, again, mostly for garbage transportation and that kind of thing. But... The reason this is a conspiracy theory is people think all kinds of banana stuff happens in the tunnels <laughs> under Disney parks. Yeah. Um, you know, there's theories that Walt Disney is cyrogenically frozen and that he is down there in the tunnels. He is not. He he is not. He's um, also not in Spaceship Earth in Epcot. Nope. He's <laughs> also not under Sleeping Beauty's Castle in California. I mean, he's, he's not there at all. Um, there's the idea that there's a weather control center down there that they can control the weather at Disney parks. And as someone again, who has worked at both and stood outside in Disneyland in the snow, stood outside in Disney world in absolute downpours at least twice a day. I can tell you Disney cannot control the weather. <laughs> yeah. And if that all. sounds really crazy and out there, we both got legitimate questions. Yes. From people asked me guests, about that. Yeah, asking about the Weather Control Center. 
Yes. Well, and- usually while it's raining and I'm like soaked in my yeah. little outfit. <laughs> well, they have yeah. an umbrella and I'm like, no. <laughs> and these people would be like legitimately upset that I couldn't tell them when the rain was going to stop. Yeah. And um, I, I was always, you know, I try to be very polite, but I was always like, why on earth would I know that? It's Florida. It's going to yeah. rain all the time. But they, they really had this concept that we made it rain at certain times of the day. And, you know, <laughs> it's part of the atmosphere or something. But yeah, no. One time I told a woman, the first time I worked there back in 2011 and it was pouring. And she asked me about it. And I, I thought I was so freaking clever. I told her, well, Lilo forgot to feed Pudge today. So That's we amazing. don't know when it'll happen. And the woman was so mad at me. And my coworker mm-hmm. didn't get it. And I was like, that was the most like on brand in character thing I could say to anybody. Yeah. And then I stopped. And then when people would ask, I'd be like, I don't know. It's Florida. Welcome to the, the sunshine. Check your weather state. app. <laughs> uh, um, they also, they being the executives or shadow people at Disney, they do not take people who have been injured, hurt, sick or whatever to pronounce them dead down there so that they are pronounced dead off property it is a myth that no one has been pronounced dead on disney property there have been unfortunately it has it has happened in both places very 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 rarely was that anything um that involved uh disney being at fault uh but people have in fact died at disney parks for various reasons and they have been declared dead where they died. So that's, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that just speaks to people's curiosity about how Disney controls their image and everything. Um, what else? Oh, I added this one last minute because I just remembered it this morning. There's the Haunted Mansion ghost in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. That all the ones we've done before, we just kind of all debunked if anyone was curious about them. Like they're all conspiracy theories that are all not true. But many years ago, there was this little video that looked like a ghost walking near the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. And people freaked out about it. And I, for one, 100% believe in this little ghost. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and that's the, <laughs> the logical part of my brain thinks that it was a really fun um, viral marketing for Halloween season that their PR team did and, you know, just tried to make it look like a security guard at Disneyland had uploaded it. And they never came out and said either way or anything like that. But I, I think it's really fun. And I think there's 100% a possibility that Disneyland's Haunted Mansion is haunted. Um, I've taken a backstage tour there with the lights on. I didn't work that attraction. So, you know, someone who was actually a maid or a butler could probably have, much more interesting stories than I did, but I was told that, yes, in fact, people have scattered ashes in there. It does happen, not probably at the frequency people think it does, but it, it has happened, and I can tell you just even being in that building, um, it's kind of weird in there. It's just kind of a weird vibe. I could totally see a fun little ghost living there, and if I was a ghost, that's where I would want to live. Yeah. I guess that's one conspiracy theory about Disney we can confirm is true, that people have and occasionally still do, I'm sure, throw ashes in Haunted Mansion and And other places. places. Yeah, Yeah, it's not just Haunted Mansion, 
but since that is like the the big place the internet talks about a lot um the entire ride you're on camera there's cameras all over in both places disneyland and disney world and if someone like chucks some ashes the people watching the cameras will see it and someone immediately comes in or that night like within 24 hours and they zip it all up because it's it's human remains. It's human remains. You can't leave it. It's not safe in the air. Yeah. So if you're thinking about doing it, don't because your loved one's ashes are just going to get vacuumed up and put in the yeah. trash. <laughs> and they will also see you doing it on camera and will be waiting at the unload station of the ride to escort you out of the park. So I would yeah. not recommend doing that. No. <laughs> uh, also kind of Within Disney, but not about the Disney parks, is a Star Wars controversy. Controversy? Controversy. That was very Sean Connery. (laughs) Controversy. Um, I won't call it conspiracy theory because it's still... um, I don't know. We'll find out for sure in the last... In Star Wars 9. If this question will become true or not. And it's just... The large question of, is Rey a Skywalker? Or is she related somehow to... Well, I actually don't really see people try and throw around if she's related to um, Leah or Han Solo or really any other Jedi. Seems to just be Luke. That's the yes. the question. And I know I know some people really didn't like Last Jedi for... I think there's two camps there. Some stupid reasons, and we're not going to talk about them. And I think some people have legitimate qualms with the story and what they were hoping to get. But considering that we've had a name announcement for the final film now, and it's called The Rise of Skywalker, that seems like a pretty big clue that this is going to be addressed. Yes. A lot of people, one of the many reasons they didn't like Last Jedi was because of when Kylo Ren tells Rey she's no one. And I think and, he's lying. Yeah, I think he's lying. If she was just a regular Joe Schmo that became a Jedi, that would be fine because that happened with a lot of Jedis. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not like a whole bunch of... It's not like royalty lineage where you have to be part of that family or you're yeah. not going to be a Jedi. Like Jedis popped up all over the place. So it's plausible for her not to be one, but I think Kylo Ren was lying. And with the name of the last movie, I think Rey is a Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And with it being Luke's voice narrating the trailer, yeah. with the no one's ever really gone, and I do also think, I mean, I'm very excited to see it, because if she is Luke's daughter or something, you know, that... That would bring a lot of questions up about Last Jedi and Luke's behavior and all of that. I I suppose it could be possible that Luke didn't know. Yeah. But, you know, then then that also leaves the question of, is Luke just sleeping around with whoever and, you know, leaving? He could have. I mean, you know. He could have had a one-night stand. You know, get your zhush, whatever. But... (laughs) (laughs) Jasmine Masters is very proud. 
<laughs> so I'm excited to find out in December, though. I I loved that trailer. Loved yes. it. Very good trailer. Yes. Ray flipping over the TIE fighter. Oh, my God. Great. Yeah. I think she'll be a Skywalker, especially since we don't have our original three anymore. I know Leia will be in this last movie, at least some. But I don't, as much as it pains me, I don't suspect they had enough footage of her to make her like... Because you know how the first one, Han Solo, was like the focal point of the original three? And then Luke was... And then Luke was for this one. And I think someone in an interview said Carrie Fisher had said, well, you need to make nine about me then. And And it makes me sad that they probably... I am assuming they probably were going to. Well, I think... I mean, I kind of have a hunch that maybe the plan was always for the character to die in this movie. And yeah. I don't know if that's changed or or I what. So. Um, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I know I think they, whatever they choose to do, will be very respectful to her and her family. Yeah. Um, but it will be, it will be interesting to see because, yeah, the last two were each kind of focused on one of the other um, original three and they each died. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, So still, still in the Disney realm. (laughs) There's a lot, Um, especially when they own everything. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This next one is pretty intricate. So I don't think we're going to go through, you know, every little of the finer details here. But uh, back in 2013, there was a guy named John Negroni who I cannot remember what he, um, you know, what what his job is or any of that. I think he's a writer of some sort. But he he released um, what he calls the um, Pixar theory. And he's not the first person to think or have a theory that every Pixar movie is connected because every Pixar movie does have Easter eggs from other ones. Um, usually each movie has, well, the, the piece of planet truck is in all of them. Um, and they each usually have some little Easter egg from the movie that's going to come out next. So they are all connected in that sense. But John Negroni kind of took it to the next level and made an entire theory about how exactly these are all connected and that they do, in fact, all exist in the same universe. And it's very, very detailed. Um, Looking at his site now, he has a note that Cars 3, Coco, Incredibles 2, and Toy Story 4 will be included and explained in the upcoming book version that he's releasing of this. So he he does say he will, um, you know, include these newer ones. But in a nutshell, the the timeline of these starts with the good dinosaur, because obviously that's the oldest one. <laughs> because dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> but these all have a connection of, in, in this theory, of humans and how humanity has treated planet earth and machines basically so good dinosaur sets the stage for um 
display animals displaying incredible intelligence when left to their own devices and how humans interact with them. Um, and then Brave comes in by being the foundation and also the end of the timeline because um, I would definitely recommend checking out his timeline online because, like I said, we could do two hours just going through this timeline. Um, <laughs> but essentially, the witch in Brave is Boo from Monsters, Inc. I and, don't understand. And she um, she has the power to bring inanimate objects to life, turn humans into animals, you know, again, create portals between wooden doors, the witch does in Brave. So, like, it's, you know, she, Boo would obviously know about the doors, like, that the monsters had. Um, but how would she become a little girl in circa 2000? Uh, the theory is that she, that that is when she was born, and as she grew up, she learned to use the doors and learn more about all this, and then essentially, when she was an old lady, took herself back to that time period using the door portals. <laughs> you, I wish we I could mean... like somehow make that face on here. Um, I I will also say. I'm I'm definitely not explaining this as well as John Negroni good, but as John Negroni would. Um, the theory also does bring in the by and large corporation, which has been an Easter egg in several movies. Um, Buzz Lightyear's batteries had that on there. There was <coughs> um, references to that in Wall-E. Um, the Toy Story movies show to, um, or. Let me rephrase that. The Toy Story movies serve to show inanimate objects or machines starting to gain sentience. Um, um, Finding Nemo and Finding Dory and Ratatouille show the animals in various ways. Um, Up has tie-ins to the the by and large uh, corporation. Inside Out shows that human... um, the source of human energy is emotion, which ties into Monsters, Inc. and all of that. Um, he does have a timeline that references Coco in here, just not as in much detail. Essentially, where Wally and Cars come in. Okay, that was the question I wrote was explained to me how world... How cars. Exclusively yes. filled with cars and run by cars and lived in by cars fits in yes. this timeline. So... Um, I will just straight up read his his notes, his short notes here on the timeline to explain cars. So by 2057, by and large corporation has taken over the entire world and its government as revealed in Wally, which you can tell at the beginning of Wally with the signs and uh-huh. stuff. This leads to the ravaging of Earth's resources due to overpopulation. In 2015, man, or 20, not 2015, 2105. <laughs> Um, mankind is evacuated, so by and large can restore Earth with the help of the Wally units, which is the plot of Wally. They're trying to clean up the Earth. They accomplish this in five years by incinerating the world's garbage, but this leads to a pollution of the air that makes Earth unlivable. So all the humans remain in space aboard the executive Starliners, uh, which is which is the plot of Wally, essentially with some extrapolation on by and large added in. Yeah, but also at the end of Wally, they come back to earth the yes. humans come back and plant the plant and in his his detailed one um he he references this actually so oh. 20 because the in wally um 
they're up on that Starliner for like a while, like hundreds of years or something, because yeah, they, there's full generations that grow up just in those chairs and stuff. Um, twenty one ten to twenty eight oh four. With humans gone, machines are left to rule the world unchecked. Following the rules of Toy Story, the cars owned by humans who love them come to life and try to find new purpose. Without humans around, they assume their roles of their previous owners and carry on human traditions as the planet slowly heals. But as revealed in Cars 2, there's not enough fuel to go around, let alone human emotion to power them, so the cars eventually (laughs) die out as well. This is... This theory depends a a whole lot on how important people really are to the earth and our thing yes it does it all (laughs) comes back to that and so the that human emotion powers everything so the cars die out and then the events of wally happen oh and then they come back and then they come back the interesting thing to me is that um it's after that in his timeline that a bug's life happens what and monsters inc happens after that like very far in the future because the animals who did not die out the machines died out the animals didn't and the animals take on even more human characteristics and eventually become these like monster like things and then we get into boo in the year like 5000 because they've discovered the power of human emotion and you know using laughter and screams to power it and then the year 5201 at the end of Monsters, Inc., Sully has discovered that laughter and joy are more powerful emotions than fear. This ends the Pixar timeline at a moment of true harmony between humans, animals, and machines. However, Sully exposes a young girl he names Boo to the monster world. Desperate to find him and remembering the power of the doors, Boo grows up to become a witch in order to find Sully. This is the same witch from Brave who has traveled to the past to find her kitty, who looks like a bear, not realizing Sully lives in the distant future. The witch uses doors as portals and has items from various points in time, and even has a drawing of Sully in her workshop, which she does in the movie. For now, her story is not complete. So his, he's saying that the monsters are evolved like a new evolution of humans of humans and animals but there still are humans um in the past but so when they go through the doors to scare the children they're going into the past yes and uh because they need um the human emotion and power and so they go get them and then Boo tries to go find her kitty, but she goes into the past rather into the future. And that's how she ends up in Brave. No. <laughs> anyway, he's got a book coming out um, to explain how in-depth the, or how the, the newer movies tie into this. And then we, of course, have something like Onward coming out pretty soon, so we'll see how that all ties. But, um... It is kind of fun to just read through it. And, uh, of course, this speaks to you can find ties to anything if you're willing to look hard enough. Oh, um, yeah. But it is it is kind of fun. It's it's more of a family-friendly theory rather yeah. than um, some of these other ones coming up. Like our next one about Winnie the Pooh. 
Oh, well, I wanted to say my little Pixar theory that I yes. added in there that's not part of Negronis. <laughs> oh, what's what's your theory? Uh, Boo in Monsters, Inc. is also Bonnie in Toy yeah. Story. <laughs> the mean, whole theory. <laughs> that's it. That's the theory. I mean, based on what he said, I mean, if she's the witch in Brave, there's no reason she couldn't also be Bonnie, right? Yeah, they're both little girls with black hair. <laughs> that's yes. all the all the evidence. <laughs> Yes. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I'm a boo truther, but not a in the Negroni truther. way. <laughs> Chelsea's a boo truther. And, well, I, and I guess also the fact that her name is Bonnie, and they called her boo, <laughs> and they're similar. <laughs> oh. All right, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. There's a theory that's been around for a little while now that every resident of Winnie the Pooh represents a mental illness on purpose. Um, Tigger is ADHD, Eeyore is depression, Rabbit is OCD. I also saw somewhere else call him narcissism, and I just wrote <laughs> LOL because I don't see that. No. <laughs> uh, Piglet is anxiety. Pooh is also either ADHD or impulsivity. And then the rest of them all had ones like... Rue was autism, Kanga was social anxiety, Owl Owl was dyslexia. Everybody had one. Um, according to Snopes, this has been proven false. Which it's it the theory got big enough that Snopes did a investigation page on it, which yeah. is pretty big because there's a lot of weird conspiracy theories on stuff yeah. and they don't do it for everything. Um, I don't, well, wait, let me ask you first of your thoughts before I give my yes or no. Okay. Um, I don't buy into this being intentional at all. I think it just, um, I think this whole thing actually speaks to a deeper, uh, a deeper thing we all go through as we become adults, which is that we start to look at our childhoods through a different lens and mm-hmm. start to see um, explanations for challenges or things that we've dealt with at certain points. You know, we, we always want to find a root cause for things, right? So I think this speaks to like, um, and, and sometimes there is. As someone with anxiety, I've been able to look back at my childhood and see points when things started to become apparent. And I think this is kind of the same thing. People are like, oh, you know, as a kid, I had these same kind of symptoms or traits or something that Piglet does. So, you see, and I, Piglet is anxious, obviously, right? Like, yes. This is a character. <laughs> so, I don't think there was an intentional thing there. I think this is another of those assigning, <clears throat> assigning things because we see them kind of thing. Yes. What's the author's name? Who created um, Winnie the Pooh? A.A. Milne. A.A. <clears throat> Milne. I... I don't think he was like, okay, this little bear is impulsivity. This little donkey is depression. I think he was just, and I don't think he like unintentionally made a character for a bunch of mental illnesses either. I think he was just someone who was more in tune with mental awareness and emotion, like more aware of emotions and the mental functioning of humans than most people are yeah or think about like he thought about those things more than other people did 
Yeah. And just as adults, you know, we're so, we we have much more um, depth of experience than we did as kids, right? So there's different things that color our perception. And so any media that's made for children still has a little bit of the adult lens coloring it because, right. you know, we're just, it's just things we know now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't believe that one. A lot of people still like to believe in it, even though Snopes has... I read the Snopes page. It was pretty in-depth. So they got real serious with it. <laughs> yeah. The next one is a little Marvel theory that still floats around. Um, that Stanley, who has his cameo in every Marvel movie, including Far From Home, but only for me and Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, he plays the same character in every single one of his cameos. And he's actually a character. <coughs> And he is either one of the Watchers, or he is an agent for the Watchers and has been keeping an eye on everything. Um, and the, the cameo clip in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 involves the Watchers and Stanley when he's in the spacesuit. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about his cameos, like the other ones he's done. Yeah, I am fully on the train that this is a real thing. And that has yes. been at least somewhat intentional. And I know in Captain Marvel, his cameo in there, he's reading his script for uh, Mallrats, I think, yeah, that Stanley was in. And so that's that's really blurring reality lines. And um, was it Captain Marvel, I think, when there was like... Well, in some of them, they've referenced that I think Avengers comics exist. I think so, so yeah. Like, there's... There's definitely, you know, lines that are blurred. So I, I 100% buy into this one. Yes, I easily buy into this one as well. Um, I know this theory only applies to the MCU Disney universe, the one that started with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But he did many cameos before then. And, and he he's did, done Deadpool cameos. Yeah, he's in Deadpool. He's in... X-Men's was he in Dark Phoenix I don't think so I don't think he was he was in the other Spider-Man movies and I like to think he was a watcher then as well I like to think he was (laughs) for Tobey Maguire yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh the next one we have on the list is actually for a show that I haven't watched yet and I know I really need to it's definitely on my list but this theory reading about the notes that you have in here makes me super interested in this show. So this one is a little bit more specific just for you, but it's about The Good Place. Yes, and I hesitated putting it on here because I really want you to watch it, and you should watch it with Kevin because I know he would love it. And I know putting it on here, I have to, like, spoil some things. Well, and maybe... I, I, will, I, have, I will say I have been spoiled a bit by, like, Twitter and stuff, and obviously I'm very behind in watching this show, so that's kind of... Yeah, that's well, the name there's, of the game. <laughs> there's only three seasons. The fourth one and the final one. The fourth is the final season starts this fall and then it's done. So it's not a big commitment. There's only going to mm-hmm. be like 40 episodes total. 22 minutes each. That's and they're good. kind of they're kind of like Rick and Morty episodes where so much happens in those 22 yeah. minutes. But The Good Place is my favorite show about that has fan theories about it because there's so many and they drop a lot of hints, and sometimes they come true, which is really great. 
the first one, I watched the first season without really getting into anything on the internet because that's how my friend Alice told me to watch it. And through the first season, you start to get little hints. Or, like, you start, they do really good at, like, laying down hints and you're picking them up but you don't realize you are until you start to get, like, itches in the back of your brain where you're like, mm-hmm. wait, something is wrong. And then I know they set it up like this on purpose and it's so satisfying where you get the realization right before it happens on the show that the good place that they've been in is actually the bad place. Which that that's what I've been spoiled on on Twitter. Yeah. It's so good. It's one of my favorite TV reveals ever. Because you because they let you figure it out, but you don't mm-hmm. quite figure it out until right before it tells you. Mhm. I also had another theory that wasn't just me, it was a very popular theory online after that. Um that it's impossible to get into the good place because it's based on a point system. And you get points or lose points depending on what you do with your life. Like every little thing you do in your life, you get or lose points. And if you end up in the green, then you go to the good place. If you end up in the red, you go to the bad place. And I started thinking, and other people, this isn't, I can't take credit for it, but um, that the good, it's impossible to get into the good place. Like it exists, but the system is so skewed. No matter what you do, you can't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the th- oh wow did this happen in the third season it might have been the second season I don't know <laughs> so much happens in the episodes they all kind of blend together but the head demon uh, Michael tells them at one point that only one person on earth has ever figured out how the afterlife system works and tells them their na- his name and eventually they go find him because he's still alive mm-hmm. and he had figured it out the point system thing so he had done everything right like he did absolutely everything for everybody else and lived in this crappy little house in the middle of nowhere so he didn't like use fossil fuels or affect the earth at all and he let his neighbor kid pick on him and like does whatever his neighbor kid wants and like at one point he steps on a snail and gets like really panicked about it (laughs) (laughs) and then they find out that they go to like the accounting place (laughs) Um, for points and they find out that he's going to the bad place yeah like he's done everything you're supposed to in life and he's still going and then that's when they figure out the demons have skewed the system so you can't get into the good place and so that's kind of where the last season ends mm-hmm. well the um after that they rebuild the town to try and prove that people can get better because the show is essentially about bad people learning how to be good people Mm-hmm. so there's a lot of theories for the final season and the biggest one is the good place doesn't exist at all because we still haven't actually seen it they got really close once they were in a little room that was supposed to be like the entering room and talked to one person there that was an angel it was nicole byer it was a great cameo <laughs> <laughs> i really love nicole byer I'm very i do too right now <laughs> But they never actually go into the good place. So there's a theory that the good place doesn't exist. There's another one that the character Chidi is a secret demon because he was a moral philosopher. And they make the joke through the whole series that no one likes a moral philosopher. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a theory that he is a secret demon. I don't agree with that one. The first one I'm unsure of. 
and that the medium place is just still the bad place. There's only one woman in the medium place, and she lives in this house by herself. And there's a lot more to that, but I'll just talk about it for an hour. Yeah. I so I definitely need. I definitely need to watch this. Yeah, you really sure. should with Kevin. It's a great one, and they're only 22 minute episodes. Yeah, so it's easy to do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I've talked a lot. <laughs> well, that one sounds super interesting. Um, another one we have on our list is really interesting because it's tied specifically to Portland. But uh, there is an urban legend called the, I, I'm assuming you pronounce it Polybius, um, which is a, he was someone in Greek history too. But the urban legend is that there was an arcade game called Polybius that in the 80s was placed at uh, several locations in Portland. It was part of a government-run psychology experiment, and the gameplay supposedly produced intense psychoactive and addictive effects in the player, and the machines were supposedly visited uh, every so often by men in black for the purpose of data mining the machines, according to Wikipedia, and using it to analyze its effects on people. Um... And the book Armada by Ernest Klein, which is his follow-up, but not like a sequel or anything to Ready Player One, does use this as a plot point, and the story is set in Beaverton outside of Portland. Um, it doesn't use the name Polybius, it uses a different name, but it was basically the idea that that did in fact happen, and it was uh, used to collect information on people who were good at video games and would thus be good for helping defend earth against aliens. So, so men in black, <laughs> um, my idea here is that it's Portland and it, it probably was true. <laughs> I know. I, I read around other places besides the Wikipedia and it seemed like no one's ever been able to actually produce an image of the actual machines yeah. Or seriously prove that they played it. Um, but part of me doesn't want to fully discount it. Like, not like maybe the government part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... I I could fully buy into the idea that government, at, at least at some time, monitored video game usage to track people who could be good at certain skills like that that actually is an interesting idea to me but um i I, this feels like one that there's maybe a seed of truth somewhere that spun into its own thing so we'll probably never know yeah i don't think it was to recruit the real life men in black no although that'd be cool (laughs) uh the next one the next couple are all both video game ones as well I was trying to find a Super Mario theory, and I ended up finding other video game ones. This one is for Final Fantasy VIII, which came out during the PlayStation 1 era. So you have to think back to graphics and how games were played back then. The game was massive, and it came with four discs. So when you got to the end of one disc on the game, you had to take it out and put in the next disc, like a movie. I remember this time period. Yeah. (laughs) At the end of one disc, Squall, the hero, you're fighting someone, I don't remember her name, and he takes an ice shard to the chest and falls off a platform and very much looks like he dies. And then when you put in the next disc, 
there is no ice dagger and Squall is very confused because he's like, I just got stabbed in the chest and now it's not there and I'm fine. And then he keeps, he continues on and you finish the game. The theory is Squall did actually die. And the rest of the game is like his dream as he's dying of how he would have continued and succeeded. Uh, there's a lot of other like shaky, stretchy evidence to it. But the biggest evidence is a couple millisecond shot in the final cutscene that shows him without a face. It's very freaky. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what people point to as, but he died. And then it's just his dream after that. So it could be that. It could also be a glitch in the coding that they left him without a face. (laughs) So have they ever said anything about, like, the storyline? Like, if he really did die or if that was just some sort of challenge that he overcame? Because, I mean, Final Fantasy, that wouldn't be, like, the first time they've done stuff like that where something didn't actually happen or, you know... Yeah. I, as far as I remember and could find, it seems like he's just like, whoa, I just got hit in the chest. Where the heck did it go? Wait, I'm fine. And then just keeps going and it's not really Not really addressed. explained. Interesting. Yeah. So what is your vote? Was he dead? Or was it just a uh, bad coding gone wrong? This almost seems like if I went with the idea that he did die and that this was his dream of how it would have gone, like that's interesting, but it's almost depressing to me. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm going to choose the theory that it was some sort of challenge or trial that he had to go through as part of this story arc and that he didn't actually die. I think he died. (laughs) (laughs) Is the glass half full or half empty? Well, you look up the scary picture of him without a face. Okay, it's, just I will. A, it's just an like you know a Final Fantasy drawn character without yeah. a whole face. It's not like there's something scary in place. Yeah, but it freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, that is super creepy. I will look that up. Uh, the next one is also a video game one, not so much a nerdy video game, but it's the Madden Curse, which is a very popular theory. Uh, between 1999 and 2014. 15 out of the 18 football players to appear on the Madden game cover. It came out every year. 15 of those 18 either suffered major injury or their performance went from like hero to zero real fast. Or they like their next season, their team did awful. Like one nothing or like their careers just tanked or like their <laughs> leg broke in half. Or something super dramatic. Yeah. 15 out of the 18. There's only three that as it did not happen to, including Richard Sherman. Oh. Who's one of my... I know he's also controversial. He's not 100% a great dude, but I kind of like him. I, I kind of like him, too. <laughs> <laughs> he escapes the Madden curse. Interesting. Well, this... I mean, that's a pretty strong correlation right there, right? Uh, I guess if you look at this one logically, it could just be, you know, uh, the people they choose to be on the cover are obviously at the peak of their career and doing very well. And um, football being a very physically uh, challenging sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I And it's not true for every football player, but I, I know 
when you kind of get to the peak of your career, everything is all downhill right after that, right? Like it's, it's very hard on your body. It's, it's hard for, um, this is going to sound kind of silly, but I know it can be hard for people who had nothing to suddenly have a lot of money, a lot of attention, a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that. And a lot of football players are kind of hotheads and like, some of them are not great people either. And it could just be that the peak of your career when you'd be selected for something like this, like it's just a natural decline anyway. But it is a very interesting correlation. What do you think? I mean, the do, 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 do part of me <laughs> wants to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, an interesting one. But the logical part of me wants to say football oh what gosh i used to watch project runway that's my that's my secret guilty pleasure i, I watch some project crash runway. tv i love project runway and heidi klum would say in fashion one day you're in the next day you're out i think it's the same for football yeah <laughs> it is for professional athletics so yeah to wrap things up we have a a handful of just quick little ones that are random insane <laughs> theories in our opinion um the first one is it's a little bit more sad to me because it does involve a real life child who died uh but there is a theory that will just not go away that katie perry is jean benet ramsey that's that's a i just can't even explain how weird that is to me that someone (laughs) perpetuates that but a lot of people do so yeah that's like the hot conspiracy theory that will not go away yeah, so that's um, that's an oddball one. Another one that's really insane, but also kind of intriguing because there will never be any way for us to figure this out, is that Lewis Carroll was Jack the Ripper. Yeah, um, I think that one exists because no one will ever know who Jack the Ripper is. It's been too yeah. long. There's no way you could get evidence to know who it was. Yeah, we will never know. So we will that's, never know. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting one. The next one was every baby in Rugrats are figments of Angelica's imagination and they're all really dead or didn't exist. Uh, this this theory was Chucky died in 1986 with his mother. That's why Chaz is like a nervous wreck all the time. Tommy was born in 1988, but he was still born. That's why Stu was always making toys in the basement because his baby never lived. So he's like obsessed with making toys for him. And the DeVilles had an abortion, and Angelica couldn't decide if it would have been um, a boy or a girl, so she created twins. Uh, The the sweet lady who made Rugrats has... This one got huge. And the sweet lady who created Rugrats had to come out and do an interview and be like, oh my goodness, no, I just made a cute little kid TV show about babies. (laughs) Yeah, this I have to say this one uh, depresses me. too because i mean did it did the theory have context uh, because i remember seeing this but i can't remember if it had the context of why angelica would be creating these fake children and i guess just because she was an impressionable three or four year old that oh i don't know (laughs) yeah that one that one's a reach for me yeah like how old was angelica she was little there's no way four Four. Yeah, four. there's no way a four-year-old would even know about an abortion or be able to understand what that means. Yeah. What? 
<laughs> That's a weird one. And the last one is my favorite, and it is Nicolas Cage is a vampire. See also Paul Rudd, who never ages, and Keanu Reeves. Nicolas Cage, 100% a vampire. I am in this camp. I I buy this. I mean, does he just not give you the aura of someone that has been around a long, long time and just no longer gives any sort of shit? Yes. Like, it's, I, I totally believe it. I would love to spend an evening with Nicolas Cage and just have a drink and let him tell me his life story because I bet it's amazing. I would like to change the theory about Keanu Reeves being a vampire and say he actually came out of the Matrix. Or the I, Matrix. Into the Matrix. I, I'm i okay with that, too. I I know Keanu Reeves has been, like, the, uh, the thing on the internet lately. But yes. you know what? If a man is going to get attention on the internet for doing things like not touching the people he's taking photos with and being very graceful about not putting his hand on a woman's lower back, dang yeah. it, I'm here for it. I have quite enjoyed the resurgence of Keanu Reeves in the past few years. Yes. Because people he, he had a good career going, and then people started making fun of him, and then he did some weird movies. He didn't go Nicolas Cage weird, but he did some weird movies. And then, like, in the past few years, he is, he is like, the darling again. Yeah. Maybe not and, again, but for the first time, and I really like Keanu Reeves. And he seems like someone that totally deserves it. And, you know, Nicolas Cage... I I think, going back to the is he a vampire thing, I mean, he's clearly doing roles that he wants to do because he wants to do them. And sometimes I think he's just playing himself as <laughs> in these roles. But occasionally that craziness really just lands. Like, it really worked as Big Daddy and Kick-Ass. Um, yeah. I did yeah, watch... I did watch Mandy and the the other people that I watched it with, I don't think liked it as much. And I, I know some other people didn't care for it, but I thought it worked. It was like watching a meatloaf video. Like it, <laughs> it just really worked for me. Um, and really old school, raising Arizona. Like it mm-hmm. just, it works. It's wonderful. So, you know, I think, I think he is. And that's my scientific opinion. Yeah. Paul Rudd is also on here because he doesn't seem to age. When you compare pictures of him from a decent amount ago, he looks exactly the same. And he's one of those celebrities where someone found a very old-timey photo of someone that looks very much like him. Well, he also seems like a very nice man, too. So I mean, He is Ant-Man. He seems yeah. to be having a good time. And you know, Nicolas Cage is... <laughs> he's whatever nutty person he is, but I don't think he's had any accusations against him and i know paul rudd and keanu reeves haven't so if yeah. the three of them want to be vampires <laughs> and stick around forever fine by me yeah <laughs> honestly if the worst rumor around about you being famous is that you're a vampire winning yeah play into it <laughs> live your best lestat life <laughs> live your best lestat life yes oh that's all the conspiracy theories i brought today which was a, this was a very interesting ride all together. <laughs> Hopefully uh, everyone listening thought it was a good time too, but because this was definitely fun to talk about. So <laughs> yes, Boo is not the witch in Brave. Which Chelsea is going to take a stand right now and stick by I, that. This is the hill I am dying on. <laughs> 
but not the hill Nicolas Cage is dying on because he's not dying. And also, if I leave, my car will be so sad it will come to life. (laughs) (laughs) This very, uh, I feel like the brave little toaster ties in here somewhere now, too. So, <laughs> oh wait, that is the plot of the Brave Little Toaster. Well, it is they're kind of alive, but they came alive, alive. <laughs> yes, for the love of uh, their master. Well, shoot! When Ryan and I moved in together, we had two toasters. We got rid of one. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, now you're gonna stay up at night thinking about that. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that's everything for this crazy ride of an episode. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Nerdascended. You can send us an email at nerdascendedpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll talk to you all in the next one. Bye, nerds. Bye, nerds. Our intro and outro music is courtesy of Sneaky Creepy on Yummy Sounds. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at you can also email us at nerdascendedpodcast at gmail.com. And ratings are always appreciated.